Howdy, it's Monday, May 28th, 2011, and you're listening to another episode of the Bad Dog Book Club. I'm Skip Ruttertail, your Otter Editor, and this is episode 5A, where we have Alex Vance reading Candrel's story, On the Bright Beach. Candrel is a storytelling fox from the far side of the pond. He and his keyboard share a dysfunctional relationship that regularly spills out into print for everyone to read. Instead of keeping the fantastical and often pornographic worlds inside his head to himself, he's developed a passion for sharing his creations and letting others gallivant around in his strange and sometimes surreal sci-fi stories. Inspired by the science fiction and fantasy greats, he dreams of eventually becoming a well-known and published author. And Alex Vance is, of course, not only the president of Bad Dog Books, but also dictator for life. And we're happy to have him reading for us again. If you're interested in submitting a story to the Bad Dog Book Club or in guest reading for us, please visit us at baddogbooks.com slash book club and drop us a line. We'd love to hear from you. And now, without further ado, enjoy Candrel's On the Bright Beach. On the Bright Beach by Candrel. Read for you by Alex Vance. Like the last glimpse of sunlight after an Alaskan summer, the sky appeared in front of me in its amber, blue and gold glory. It was sunset, and a gorgeous one it was. The sun slowly sank, degree by degree, behind reddish clouds that studded the horizon like spikes on a collar. The rest of the sky was shot with golden streaks that matched the golden sand upon which jade waves crashed with foam-specked waves. In other words, it was the same sunset I'd seen last night, and the night before. It wasn't even a sunset, really. It was a composite of a thousand of the most pleasing sunsets, distilled down into their most pleasing aspects. In an hour, the accelerated day cycle would bring the moon over the horizon, an exact 43% larger than the actual moon to be visually pleasing. Then, two hours later, the moon would set, and the sun would rise precisely on cue, just in time for a sunrise scene that was a composite of the thousand best sunrises, and welcome a bright, sunny day. That was the cycle, every six-hour day precisely on time and accurate, day in and day out, four times a day, as accurate as the clockwork that ran it. In my eyes, the sunset was still beautiful, brilliant, inspiring, I'd almost call it, as if there were any activities it would inspire me to do. Instead, I let it fill my senses, along with the crash of salt water in my nose, the breeze teasing across my ears and whiskers, and the gentle rolling of waves whose saturation rolled over me, and, well, waves, if I were to be precise. Up and over the scrub hedge I went, taking a few seconds to re-familiarize myself with my posture. The sensation was a bit strange, a moment of body dysphoria, as my brain, hardwired for two legs, was told instead that it had four. It was fed touch from overlong whiskers that played in the breeze, and smell from a nose many thousands of times more sensitive than my own. Ruddy red fox fur pulled in a way that was only normal after days and weeks of familiarization. I settled into my avatar, a model of the me that, before the beach, had only been in my imagination. With a mental checklist of all the limbs the system had loaned me, I scrambled up the hill. On the apex of this hill stood a sign, a warning. The outline of a pair of pants sat in an angry red crossed circle. There wasn't much writing on the sign itself, but simply viewing it fed the rest of the message into my visual buffer. Adults only, under 18 prohibited. It read in bold, overlaid over my beautiful sunset. 
no access to minors. You must accept the rules and policies of the beach in order to pass this point. Just like last night, I ignored the sign and made my way down the far side of the hill. The sight of the beach was always welcome, with its brickwork barbecue and solid picnic tables and the stone pier that stretched off toward the horizon. I entered to a chorus of greetings. Loki was there, the wolf leaning with a hand on one of the brick grills and smiling a goofy grin towards me. Kiri and Rashala were there too, snuggled together on their beach towel in a chaotic medley of leopard spots and tiger stripes. Aaron was there too, flashing his blue and white feathers in a chaotic display of recognition. Even Fortis was here tonight, the randy buck resting backwards with his antlered head digging furrows in the pristine sand. Foxy, over here! The call came out from Chris. I expected to see him here. Correction, I would have been surprised if he hadn't been here. He was a staple of the beach. The otter's slinky form seemed to have worn itself into the decor until he seemed more in tune with the picnic tables and grills and the lions and tigers that roamed between them. Speaking of lions and tigers, one was talking to Chris today. A lion, that is, tawny with a chocolate mane that spread down between his shoulder blades and narrowed along his spine along the bottom of his ribcage. He was cute, scrapped that, he was more than cute. Sizzling hot, with lanky corded muscles that weren't too blatant, and a tail that curled generously before it touched the floor, and an ass I could bounce ping-pong balls off of. Andy, this is Mafala. Chris smiled in his overwide, muster-lit grin that crinkled the sides of his eyes and pulled his whiskers and lips up until he could see his sharp little ottery teeth. Nice to meet you. I barked out a generic greeting as I hopped up onto a nearby picnic table. I pulled up the lion's stats while I held out a forepaw. He smiled back at me and lowered his hand to take it. Mafala was his official name, and he was new as of a week ago. He turned towards me, and I had to struggle to keep my eyes on his face. I could see his, uh, assets. They were right at eye level, and they were significant enough to take note. His belly may have been cream-coloured, but the equipment dangling between his legs was shrouded in long fur as deeply brown as his mane. Stretching up from the crutch of his legs with the perfect sheath, thick and long, with the trace of the interesting anatomy hidden just inside. The fur around it wasn't a modesty, it was a frame that drew the eye to his gorgeous dangling balls. I could at this point only imagine what it looked like, unsheathed, hard, throbbing and dripping, and... And I shook myself out of my little reverie. I had better manners than that. Welcome, I smiled, even though I knew all that did was reveal my canines. It wasn't real fox behavior, but we all make little sacrifices to be social and understood. New to the beach? Yeah. The lion put one hand the size of a dinner plate behind his head and rubbed, looking around with newbie's nerves. Neat room, though. My smile waned a little. A nice coating, though. Looks like they did their research on that sunset, he continued. I sighed. He was a newbie, I reminded myself. He didn't know he wasn't supposed to see the walls. The beach, I emphasized, is beautiful all day round. I usually find it nicer just to enjoy it rather than to analyze how it was made. That earned me a strange glance. Uh, sure, of course, he mumbled with a sidelong look toward Chris. The otter was smiling but refrained from pitching in his own opinion. I took my paw back. I didn't want this to be awkward, so I quickly changed the topic. I'll admit I haven't seen a lion like you before. I'd seen lions, of course, but mostly they were the standard model. Everyone could pick to be one of the standard models, but most people found someone to make a custom model within a few months. On a week old lion, though, a custom model was impressive. A friend convinced me to join up. Ah, uh, that would explain it. He just logged off for the day, so I thought I'd wander and see what the other rooms were like. There it was again. Room. I smiled and ignored it. So, why this secluded beach? We usually don't get folk in here without an invitation. I continued. 
Chris winked at me. Oh, great. So now I was the official welcoming party. He rubbed his chin for a moment. Well, the description and pictures seemed pretty. He glanced around. And, uh, I'd been around long enough to see this before. Mafala, we're an adults-only beach. We're all here for its perks. Now I let my eyes fall meaningfully to his wonderfully sculpted crotch. It was quickly covered by large hands. Um, right, but I'm not sure uh, now. <laughs> I laughed. He either belonged in here or he didn't. There was no sugarcoating that. Oh, don't worry. You're welcome to sit and watch if you don't want to join in, but the crowd gets pretty active at night. If you're not sure... Uh, no, I, I mean... He looked down at me. You've got four legs. Isn't that like bestiality? My friendly smile filled with ice, and behind the new lion, Chris's smirk dropped into a frown. I sat on the table and couldn't help but let out an aggravated sigh. Nah, not in my opinion. I tried to be diplomatic. But everyone's entitled to their own. Yeah, uh, sorry. He wasn't really. He could use a lot more practice at lying with a lion's face. It's fine, I lied. I was good at it, and he smiled an apologetic little grin that looked more like a snarl. Then he turned back to Chris. The otter was still frowning. As much as I liked the lion's body, the personality had doused any lascivious thoughts, so I wondered. I didn't make it far. Strong hands lifted me and pulled me up toward a creamy white chest. I let my legs dangle. The sensation of being lifted and handled wasn't uncommon. Quite the opposite, really. It was welcomed. Ignore him, Chris mumbled at me. I craned my head and could see Mafala standing alone with a nonplussed look on his face. Chris, I don't need coddling. Nope, but I'm allowed to spend some time with my favorite fox, aren't I? He found a park bench and sat me on his lap. I arranged my limbs and shot the otter a measuring glance. Look, not everyone's required to have the same kinks. He's not interested, so he's not interested. It's fine. Go enjoy your chat with your new friend. Can't. And why not? Got a fox on my lap. I half-lidded my eyes and settled my head in his lap. This wasn't an argument I was going to win. Hell, it wasn't worth having in the first place. I definitely wasn't going to complain about having a warm lap to occupy. Secretly, I was honoured, and a little embarrassed. Chris was always too good to me. I relaxed and started to enjoy the evening. The lion melded into one of the chatting groups seamlessly. Minutes passed, then an hour. Chris told me about his day. They'd found an anomaly today, invisible to the human eye, somewhere in the oblong rectangle formed by the Big Dipper. I told him about my day, the customers I'd dealt with, and the data I'd tracked back to the user that had caused it all to go wrong. We had our chuckles and laughs. Fingers stroked along my spine, and blunt claws traced circles behind my ears. In short, paradise. Sometime during the evening, our attention was drawn by a roar off to the side. The sun had just started to rise, so it was about three hours into the night by my reckoning. Mafala had cleared a little room for himself and had pinned forests. The young buck's antlers had locked with one of the picnic tables while the lion pinioned his arms behind his back. Much to the picky lion's state of taste, he'd found a biped and was showing him all the enthusiasm I'd dreamt of. Not that I needed to dream any more. My eyes could soak in the sight of that long shaft reaching outward from the dark-furred sheath, at least as much as was still visible outside the buck's backside. There was no foreplay, no teasing, no build-up, just an effective pin, a roar, and a thorough humping. I gorged myself on every glimpse. Conversation with the otter cut off as my attention faltered, but there was no complaint. This was the beach. Everyone came here to have an itch scratched, no matter what enlightening conversations filled the moments before and after. I was no stranger to the rub, the touch, the prod and thrust. 
I rolled onto my side, saw my own enthusiasm wouldn't poke or drip on my otter friend, and he likewise adjusted so my head lay a few inches forward of the rest of his crotch. The show was short, as I expected. The lion was new and didn't know how to draw it out, to work the crowd like an expert. He let out another roar and clenched himself to the buck's hips. From my vantage, I watched the lion's balls bounce every few seconds as Forrest got his prize. The crowd let out their perfunctory appreciation for the scene. I was pretty sure I caught a dissatisfied eye-roll from the buck. Yeah, the lion needed work on his style a bit. Not that I was critiquing. No, well, maybe a little, but I'd never share it with someone at the beach. That'd be poor manners. Eh, he could use some work, the chirpy voice from above me stated flatly. Except for Chris, of course. We went back a long way since I'd started coming to the beach in the first place. We'd watched so many couples here, whiling away the hours in the otter's lap, that all the social graces and niceties had evaporated over time. It was liberating having someone like him in whom to confide. He's new. He'll learn. Chris didn't respond. If nothing else, though, the show had reinvigorated my interest in the room's inhabitants. A few more had entered the room as well. A Margate that came at least once a week, both figuratively and literally, and a hare that I'd seen at least twice before was lurking near the scrub hill nervously. The conversation slowly picked back up, though a few of the other inhabitants were showing their appreciation for the show in a wholly more physical manner. Loki and Aaron were curled up together on a picnic bench, and if Aaron's hand wasn't in Loki's crotch, then you could chop my tail off and call me a rabbit. Give the lion at least this much credit. His show hadn't been spectacular, but at least it had jump-started the room's activity for the night. Fingers strayed over my side, and smooth leathery pads rubbed over my stomach. Hey, Foxy, you want to go enjoy yourself? I don't mind. I looked down. His fingers stayed an inch or two away from my own clearly visible excitement. I shivered. I can imagine them dropping just that last little bit, and the fingertips closing in a slow caress, and... And that wasn't Chris. Never was Chris. The otter sat like a researcher behind the mirror, interested but unattainable, attentive but non-participatory. I smiled up at him. He understood, and he'd be there after I was done. The curious tonic of anticipation and excitement washed over my mind like a warm draught, and I launched myself from the lap into the crowd, seeking my own entertainment for the night. Mafala was back again the next night, but after half an hour of badly disguised innuendos and a badly placed grope, Forrest made his lack of interest clear. The lion begged off, claiming that he had real-life issues to deal with, and disappeared without bothering to leave the beach. Knowing glances were passed around like cigarettes in the office, and nothing more was said about him. Today I'd perched myself on one of the picnic tables, and Chris sat himself on the bench to the side. His fingers traced lazily up my spine, ruffling my fur, then smoothing it back down with a reverse stroke. It was a feeling unlike any I'd felt before I first visited the beach, and tried my own custom model. Somehow the sensations translated to something wholly unique and blissfully pleasurable, and I admit I'd become an addict. Good day, Foxy. My answer was an half-engaged purr. The night was young, and I was home from work. That's good enough for me. My lips slurred just a little bit as the fingers tickled over my collarbone. Busy. About you? Stressful. He looked it, to be honest. His whiskers drooped a little, and the ever-present smirk on his face seemed just a little forced. Tell me, I pleaded. He paused for a moment, then continued. Got word that one of our math techs is going to be leaving. I made apologetic noises. He does a lot of good work. I'm going to need to put in a bit of overtime to make up for him until we've got someone who's used to the numbers ready to replace him. I gazed up at the stars. I could pick out Ryan and the Big Dipper. 
If I stared for a while, I could pick out Arcturus. That was about the extent of my astronomical knowledge. Show me where it is, Otter. That anomaly you're working on? I rolled onto my belly so I could easily swing my head up. His fingers easily transitioned to rubbing over my ribs while his offhand pointed. Over there. It's giving off gamma readings like a pulsar, but those usually only last a minute or an hour or two. This has been going on since we first started recording it two days ago. I tried to keep up with him. I really did. I'd learned more about those blazing dots up in the sky from him than any class or lecture had managed to pound into my skull. Yeah, I think I caught about half of that. You asked, Foxy. He ruffled the fur on my throat and growled playfully. In many ways, I'd be happy to spend the night like this. Good company, good conversation, and expert fingers trailing down my belly. But Chris was too expert for his own sake. Those fingers trailed in a semicircle around my sheath, the blunt claws stopping just millimeters from being intimate. His thumb traced around my navel, and the leathery finger pads dragged slowly along the inside of my thighs. Thin shocks of pleasure wormed their way up my spine as his hand sprawled across my belly. Fingers spread to avoid my anatomy. I could feel the webbing between the oddest digits slide innocently across the underside of my sheath, and a subconscious shiver gripped me. A tap of fur against my bare flesh made me look down, and I realized some bit of my length had slipped from my sheath, and was tapping every few seconds against my belly fur. I glanced in apology up at Chris, and he shrugged down at me. Those hands, oh, those fingers that found every little blissful spot. He avoided the red tip laying across my belly, but those expert digits kept rubbing and stroking. I realized I was panting. I couldn't suppress another shiver. Sometimes I thought he did this intentionally, made me hot and excited, when I knew for a fact that he'd never... No, if I really didn't want him to do this, I wouldn't be laying on my back in front of him. A tease? Yes. Did he leave me hot and bothered? Yes. And I loved every second of it. Sometimes, after an otherwise uneventful night, after he'd left for the evening, I'd let myself remember just how his fingers felt. I'd close my eyes and imagine every touch and stroke. And even though those fingers never touched anything truly intimate, it was enough. Sometimes I'd get a helping hand from someone else on the beach, but on those nights when my mind was running on playback, I imagined I could feel the webs between their fingers. I'd never told him, though. I'm pretty sure it would embarrass him, and I didn't even want to do that. He was too... precious, too valuable to me. We were nothing but friends that met on the beach when our schedules matched, and maybe that was why he meant so much. There was no one behind the custom otter model. There was just the otter himself. I couldn't see the walls, and never wanted to. The fingers drew me back to the present, tickling up my ribcage and spreading over my collarbone. I let out a soft noise that was perhaps a bit more passionate than I intended, and he responded by ruffling the thick fur over my chest. That was a sign that he was done teasing. I rolled obediently back to my belly, and the laminated surface of the picnic table kissed my flesh as I lay my hind end flush. Tease. I smirked at him. He didn't answer but to smile back, while his eyes flicked over the beach's denizens. Another hand touched my hindquarters, heavy, with thicker finger pads than Chris. I shot a nervous glance backwards, but the comforting sight of Chris filled my view. Chris followed my gaze, and when he laid eyes on the German shepherd that had crept up behind us, he shot me a knowing wink, then removed his own paw in a clear release of ownership of the small quadrupedal fox on the tabletop. If I had had a leash, Chris would have been handing it over. Hmm, maybe I should get a leash. The table shifted behind me, then wobbled uncertainly. Chris was a big dog, and the table's four legs danced about a bit as he climbed up on its top, spreading his long legs to the side. The handle on my flank tugged a little, and a broad thumb pad pushed meaningfully against my tail. I couldn't suppress a groan. 
Chris's teasing was still fresh in my mind, and the rough prod beneath my tail immediately brought back every bit of the erotic feelings of fingers stroking so close to the bits that craved it so desperately. Teasing otter, Fox. Room for Kreutz. The German shepherd accent was almost too thick to understand. Chris thought it was from one of the old Russian countries, or maybe even Russia itself. I never bothered to find out. He didn't talk much when he visited the beach, but no one ever complained about his presence. To say that he let his body talk for him was an understatement, because if bodies talked, then his sang. I didn't bother talking. He might not understand it anyway, so I responded in the universal language of action. I pushed with my hind legs, and my rump lifted a few inches into the air. I felt my fingers tug at my tail, pulling it up and to the side, while the broad hand across my rump squeezed. The thumb pad prodded up my pucker, then pushed in until it rubbed against the ring of muscles. The hand left my tail, and I obediently let it hang to the side where he'd left it. Please, please, my body begged him, thighs quivering slightly, a soft chuff of breath escaping between my clenched jaws. He understood and acquiesced. Those rough fingertips spread themselves slowly between my legs, circling my sack and squeezing through the base of my sheath. I pushed my head down against the picnic table in response, rolling my jowls against the unyielding wood. It was perhaps one of my favourite sensations, the sensation of a hand buried between my thighs, broad fingers touching everything as they went. They teased up my length, hard and throbbing already from the otter's oh-so-innocent ministrations, and on their return journey they pulled my shaft and squeezed. I almost came there and then. The touch was electric, the first clench of knuckles around my girth enough to make me bite the air. I knew I was doing my chosen species stereotype no favours, but at this moment in time I didn't care. I was putty in Kritz's hands, and he was an artist in the most classical sense. At one time, Kritz told me, in his broken English, that he particularly loved entertaining the beach's feral population. The reasons were difficult to translate. Maybe the four legs was one of his kinks, maybe it was a challenge, or perhaps it was just new. Whatever the reasons, he'd taken a shine to my quadrupedal shape, and each one of the rare nights he could spare to catch me on the beach was another blissful step in his ongoing education. He felt along my length with practiced fingers, then squeezed experimentally just behind the bulbs of my knot. I let out a low yowl. He seemed to understand. Hands big enough to straddle my hips latched themselves beneath my thighs, and the German shepherd pulled me back towards the V of his hips. My paws dragged smoothly across the tabletop until I felt the dog's own arousal press squarely between my rump cheeks, the tip blunted against the base of my tail, leaking slippery liquid down into my ruddy fur. Then fingers pushed at his tip. I lifted my hips a few further inches to accommodate his size. Then, as the rubbery length prodded at the bare flesh of my pucker, the hands started to pull back again. I opened my eyes. Maybe it was just instinct, or maybe surprise. No, being honest, I wanted to know if we had an audience. I wanted to see the eyes on me, their owners catching every lurid detail as the large canid's blunt tip slowly spread my ring of muscle around its girth, throbbing and spitting pre every few seconds. I wanted to experience through their vision as my slippery flesh made way for the canid's thick cock as it sank inch by inch into my eager rump. They were there, a few of them at least, smiles on their faces and shameless arousal colouring their bodies as their eyes drank in the sight of Chris and me. And there was Chris. He still sat at the side of the table, and he hadn't taken his eyes off me. He'd be aroused, I knew it. When we watched others together, he didn't bother hiding that from me. He was, after all, just as sexual a being as the rest of us, or else he wouldn't be here on the beach. But both of the otter's hands were above the table. If he was hard, he wasn't displaying it proudly like the other beach denizens were. He simply smiled at me. 
His hand reached out and caught one of my forepaws, holding it gently as I indulged myself. The slide of flesh on flesh was so slick that it was almost frictionless. I could feel him pushing deeper and deeper, inch by inch. Each time I took him, I could swear he'd groan, because it seemed to take even longer than last time for my tail ring to finally kiss his knot. I opened my jaw in a silent yowl that never actually gained a voice, except for an unintentional little squeak when his length gave a powerful throb against my insides. I knew, because I'd seen it, that he wasn't actually much larger than average, because about average is about all that my diminutive form can handle. But the way he slid around inside me, it felt like he went on forever. His shaft throbbed again, and I could feel the channel that ran the length of the shaft tense in a slow wave that started at its base, then flowered at its tip, as hot liquid pre splashed against my sensitive walls. The German Shepherd's broad hands cupped my belly and chest and lifted. I felt my paws lift off the table, then dangled in his hands as he let gravity sit my rump against his knot. His lower hand, the one on my belly, slithered even lower, and fingers encircled my shaft. I gave him a gasp, and he gave me a squeeze. Those hands were large enough that with thumbs touching his pinkies could meet around my midsection. Fingers gathered my hind legs until my entire weight rested in his grasp. Then his hands tugged. A yelp escaped my muzzle as his knot kissed my pucker, then slick friction followed by hollow emptiness. I could feel each detail of his rubbery cocktip as it kissed my tail hole, then another glorious gliding sensation as he pulled me back onto his shaft. He was holding me like a toy, a plaything. Again his knot pushed at me, then left until only the few inches of his tip remained inside, then dropped. He bounced his hips in time with each motion of his hands. Above me, the German Shepherd growled. I heard his tail smack the surface of the table behind him, and his thrusting stopped. Those powerful hands pulled at me, sitting me on top of his knot as I felt him start throbbing. Hot liquid splashed across my insides. He filled me until there wasn't any room left, then dribbles of semen leaked down over his knot and pulled around his sack. He muttered something I didn't understand. Maybe it was Russian, and bit my ear. His fingers danced on my shaft, holding it away from my body and squeezed. My peak crashed in around me like fireworks behind my eyelids, and a hot flush shivered itself down to my belly. I yelped and painted the table with my enthusiasm. Critz held me still and let me enjoy every moment of the peak, or maybe he wasn't just enjoying the way I writhed and squirmed on his cock. As I languished in his grasp, awareness of the beach around us slowly returned. We had an audience, more than I'd thought. Rashala and Kiri had turned on their beach towel, both pairs of bright eyes watching us. Loki had wandered over and was eyeing Critch with a shade of green jealousy. A griffin I'd never met had wandered in as well, and Aaron sat in his lap, hands buried suggestively between his legs. Slowly my breathing steadied, and the dog lifted me once more. There was a loud slurp that I felt more than heard, then liquid leaked across my tail base. Critz carefully set me back on the table, and I pulled my paws down to meet it. Wetness met my pads. He'd set me down in a puddle. I half-lidded my eyes and scowled back at him, and he stuck his tongue out at me. No further words were exchanged. He clambered off the picnic table and headed for the exit. That was fine. He'd got what he came for, and I'd had every bit of the fun I'd wanted that night. As the German shepherd's alert ears disappeared behind the scrub hill's top, I rolled and splayed my legs. I could feel the slickness inside me still. A hand buried itself in my chest fluff. I opened my eyes and narrowed my gaze at Chris. You're going to get your hand messy. Going to? No, got. He dropped his fingers right into a wet spot. His smile didn't fade, and the fingers tapped at my ribs like hammers on a xylophone. Had your fun, Foxy? I nodded blissfully at him, and he picked me up. 
There was a moment of disorientation as I spun, then I felt myself plopped down into the otter's lap. My fur was stuck in wet little spikes where the German Shepherd's juices, or my own, had soaked in. Chris's blunt paws slowly picked at my fur, smoothing it down where it ruffled. Chris, you're spoiling me. Are you complaining? He shot a critical glare down towards me. Oh, none in the least. I pulled my forelegs up to my chest, giving him as much area as he wanted. Good, then shush, your fur's a mess. The night dragged on. People came and went. I was treated to a beautiful sunrise, then before I'd realised the time had even passed, sunset. It's morning. I should get to work, Foxy. Ugh, don't remind me. He was right, though. My alarm was due to ring any moment, and I had a full day ahead of me. Tomorrow? he asked hopefully. Of course. I hopped up and scrambled from his lap. I had the decency to dash over the hill before I disconnected. When I arrived the next day, Chris wasn't there. I spent the night chatting with the resident Blue Jay, Aaron, about birds. He worked at a raptor rehabilitation centre in a county I couldn't point to on a map. I tried to give him my full attention, but every few moments I found myself glancing towards the entrance, waiting to see the otter's comically short ears crest the hill. He hadn't arrived by the time the morning alarm rang. The next night told the same story, and the one after that. No one had seen the otter, nor heard from him. Not surprising, no one knew Chris outside of the beach. I told myself it was fine. Things happen, he'd be back, but on the calm facade I still worried. On the third night, Chris was still absent, but Mafala returned. I ignored him for the first half of the night, as did most of the beach's inhabitants. I lounged around with Kiri and Rashala. They talked about their plans to meet up outside the beach, and I wished them luck. They asked if I had anyone, and I smiled. I didn't answer questions about myself. They respected that. Conversation stopped momentarily as a shadow fell over me. I followed their gaze as the girls looked up. Mafala stood over me. Hi, uh, got a moment? Sure, I faked a smile. Maybe somewhere a bit more private? He asked bashfully. You know, we don't really do private here on the beach. I shrugged up at him, but stayed still. Hell if I was going to leave behind two good sets of paws stroking me just to chat with him. Uh, he stammered. Okay, well, sorry about a few days ago. I'm a bit new to this, and it's fine, Mafala. I rolled onto my back, and the girl's fingers followed onto my ribs. It's fine, Mafala. I rolled onto my back, and the girl's fingers followed onto my ribs. Everyone's got their own tastes. You don't have to apologize for not matching mine. Well, that's the thing. He squirmed a bit. Kiri and Rashala stayed silent, acting as if they weren't there, but I could see their ears swivel to listen. Maybe I am maybe I am a little interested. It's just I think I understand. I meant to embarrass him just a little bit, but not to humiliate him. I know the beach takes a little bit of getting used to. <laughs> You're telling me. I'm used to rural Kentucky. I don't think I would have even given this room a second glance if a friend hadn't mentioned it. He sat on the edge of the beach towel. I looked up at him from between my forepaws. So, if your friend brought you here, then who was it? I know most everyone who's a regular. Well, he mentioned it, but not in a good way. Suddenly, I was starting to get the picture. Ah, so this is an escape, then? Yeah. Now that he mentioned it, I was starting to notice the southern twang. He hit it well, I guess. A chance to have some fun without any of my friends seeing that it's not with girls. I snorted. Fine. Or even with two legs. His hand reached out tentatively, then his knuckles ran across my belly fur. Kiri and Rashala made room for him, their pair of hands scratching up over my neck and under my chin. 
Fingers stumbled over the bottom of my ribcage. At this point, I couldn't tell whose they were. Oh, I suddenly found myself the center of attention with more pairs of hands on me than I could count with my eyes closed. That, uh, look, Mafala. Hands closed over my sheath. I was sure they were his, pretty sure. If I lifted my head, then whosever fingers they were on my throat would stop. I was about to tell him to stop that I wasn't interested, but I halted. What was it that had ruined my interest? His own lack of return interest? Well, that was pretty well solved now. His curt dismissal? Newbie's nerves. His lack of experience? Only one way to solve that. Left without an excuse, my complaint faltered, but I was still unsure. Maybe for the first time since I'd started patronizing the beach, I shook my head. Fingers fell to either side as I lifted my muzzle and frowned at my father. Sorry there, but no. Thanks, but no, not tonight. He looked hurt. Maybe another night, but I'm just not... Suddenly, a figure over the edge of my vision grabbed all of my attention. A familiar ottery form flounced over the hill. Excuse me, I apologized, before flipping onto my legs and scampering towards the approaching mustelid. Chris! He gave me a little wave, then slumped at a bench. I hopped up onto the adjoining table and licked at his whiskers. The anxiety of the past nights drained from me, leaving just a giddy happiness. Where you been, Otter? One arm folded itself over my back, and even though he was perched on the bench, I found myself tucked into his lap. Tired, Foxy. Stressed and tired. Fingers picked through the fur around my neck. Anything to do with being away the last few nights? I looked up at him. Concern must have written itself on my features, because he gave me a forced smile and ruffled my cheeks. A bit. Mostly work stuff. It'll get better, Foxy, but it's just been a hell of a week. He paused for a moment. You haven't been waiting for me, have you? I shook my head. Nah, life is normal. I lied. Good. His fingers teased around my chest and I obediently flipped onto my back for him. Down closer to the shore, Mafala cast me a few curious glances. I tried to force my muzzle into conciliatory pose, but I wasn't sure how to do it. He shrugged and turned back to the two girls that I'd been sharing time with earlier. Well, it may not be a fox, but as long as he minded his manners, the girls would show him a good night. Mafala's back. I honestly didn't expect it, Chris mused. Actually, he surprised me as well. He apologized to me today. Really? He wasn't that rude, really. That's what I said. I watched the lion. Kiri and Rashala had one of his arms and were pulling him down to their towel. Actually, he wanted to say that he was interested, but too afraid to say it earlier. Huh. The otter's fingers ruffled through my belly fur. No one resists the temptation of a fox. I batted at his chest with one hind leg. Oh, okay. But still, is he getting better? Comprehension flatlined for a second. Better than... Well, I figured maybe if he was interested, maybe you'd... No! The exclamation exploded from my muzzle. Chris shot a disbelieving gaze down at me. No, no, I, I guess I would, but I just wasn't in the mood. You? Not in the mood? Is this the same fox I've seen every night for the last... Fine, fine. So I was a little preoccupied. The fingers tickled down my ribcage, and Chris supported my neck with his offhand so I could lean back. <laughs> Okay, so who were you doing at the time? Did I really have that reputation? No, never mind. I knew my reputation. I'm a little proud of it. If it had been anyone else asking, I'd smile and wink mysteriously. Then I'd have some witty rejoinder. Foxes never hump and tell. Or, if you're really good, I'll give them your number. So why did it bother me when Chris said it? He's never disapproved of it. Look at his eyes now. He's smiling too wide. It's not a jibe or an insult. He's just curious, because it's a given. So if it's not bothering him in the slightest, why is it bothering me? 
I could lie. I could say it was the girls. That'd be half right. Or someone who doesn't come in here often. He'd never check. No one. Or I could just tell the truth. Reputation be damned. Why did I say that? Hans picked me up. I dangled as the otter held me up in front of his muzzle. His incisive eyes examined me, trailing over every inch critically. Then without preamble he spun me around and presumably repeated the procedure across my back. Are you okay, Foxy? Is something wrong? I was spun to face him again. No, as I said, just preoccupied. Please take my word for it, I silently begged. I'm not going to tell you why, because it would just embarrass you. Please don't make me say any of this out loud. The otter's eyes watched me closely as I hung there, second after second, then put me on the table and stood. Chris, sorry, I... Shush. He walked a few paces and sat down in the sand. Come here, Foxy. Looks like you could use some attention. I'm not sure what he thought. I hope he didn't think something bad had happened, but the lack of further questions was a stroke of luck I wasn't about to waste. I hopped down into his lap, and his paws immediately flipped me over, resuming their gentle strokes through my fur. On the ground, the lap was steadier, and he could press harder against my ribs, massaging me through my thick coat. Well, at least Mafala won't have to worry about your refusal tonight. Chris nodded his head towards the waterline, and I followed his gaze. Chris was right. I couldn't see much of the lion. The girls were in the way. From where I lay, all I could see was his legs, Kiri sitting astride him. Luckily, my vantage point did afford me a gorgeous view. Kiri lifted her hips, and I momentarily saw Mafala through the gap between her thighs. Fingers tugged at his sheath. I couldn't tell from this angle whether they were hers or his, or maybe even Rashala, who was watching closely from the side. Inches of pink lion shaft spilled into the light, and the fingers pointed them upwards to meet Kiri's drooping hips. Tapered tip fit to dripping lips, and the cats ground their hips together. Caught as I was with the show, I didn't notice when the fingers on my belly dipped lower. A squeeze around the tip of my own erection surprised me, and with a jump, I looked around for the culprit. Chris's arm caught me, and fingers caught my lips to keep me silent. I looked down. The fingers were dark brown, short-furred, blunt-clawed, and thin flaps of skin stretched from one to the next in aquatic webbing. These were Chris's fingers. In the midst of the surreal confusion, his whiskers tickled my ears. Don't tell anyone, Foxy. Shh. I settled and let his fingers trace up and down my length. To keep his modesty, I flicked my tail up and over, hiding the act. Slowly, his fingers uncurled from my muzzle. Chris, are, are you sure? Sure I need it? Yeah. His fingers squeezed at the base near my knot. And there's no one else I trust with it, like I would you, Foxy. I swallowed nervously and hunkered down in his lap, curled to hide everything from the normally obscenely public world. My tail curled around his wrist, hiding fingers that tugged momentarily at my sheath. I flipped over onto my front, belly pushed to his crossed legs to hide the red excitement that had sprouted between my thighs. I glanced up at him. His attention wasn't on me, his gaze still watching the felines frolicking near the waterline. Rashala pushed her girlfriend off of the lion's post. His struggling red erection strained up into the air, throbbing fitfully. She swung her leg over, while Kiri's hand reached over to line the desperate lion up with the descending leopard. With a drop of her hips and a quick thrust of his, he disappeared into her depths. Above me, the otter gave a muffled groan. I'd never heard him in a state I'd call worked up. He was always smooth, in control, refined, cool and collected. Today, though, he was letting the feline show work him. With each muffled squelch of flesh on flesh from the threesome by the waterline, I could feel him tense and roll his hips, as if it were him sinking into the eager feline's soaked cunny. After a few moments of tense anticipation, I also felt the otter's arousal rise to the occasion. It prodded against my thigh, so I shifted. It poked one side, 
then another. He let me move without complaint, his fingers urging me on. So when it slid between my rump cheeks, he let out a moan that might have been slightly louder than was fitting for our illicit activities, and his hands pushed me down. On the first try, the otter shaft slipped up and prodded at my tail base. He was still only half hard. I rubbed my hips back and forth to fix that, and on the second attempt, it caught against my pucker. With an all-too-familiar stretching sensation, the thin tip slid just an inch. I growled and braced, ready for him to tug and thrust. I waited for him to slide deep. No, I craved it. More than any of the casual fun I'd had in the company of the beach people, I wanted to feel him grind against my hips, to feel him twitching and throbbing within me, hear him panting and growling and moaning into my ears. It was rare as a blue moon during planetary alignment, and I wanted to remember every moment of it, in case it never happened again. So it took precious seconds for my mind to even register his voice when he leaned down and mumbled, Shit, I'm sorry, Foxy. I have to go. Tomorrow. I promise, tomorrow. Be here, please. And then before I'd caught up with his words, he was gone. He hadn't even dashed for the hill. One second he was there, the next I had empty air between me and the ground. I let out a startled little yip, and a few eyes glanced over from the raunchy show to see me flop ungraciously to the sand. The eyes were comforting, understanding, even inviting, maybe, but that was lost on me tonight. I'd been so close to sharing a secret part of Chris's world, a side that, to my knowledge, I alone had even glimpsed. It must have been an emergency, maybe more work issues. I understood. If life called, you had to answer. No one here would put the beach first, and we were really just casual friends. We only met at night, wearing different names and faces than our own. The beach was a fun place to come and act out our private little fantasies, far from the eyes of workmates, families, and loved ones that would judge and wonder. It was a fun little secret, nothing less, but really, nothing more. The thought didn't really help, but I convinced myself to smile and shrug off worry and disappointment. So I watched Mafala and the girls with scattered attention. Tomorrow. I held that date firmly in my mind. Aaron approached me and took a knee next to me. He stroked my flank. I could tell it was an offer. I thanked him as I shook my head. He shrugged, smiled and let me be. As quickly as I could without appearing out of sorts, I sauntered to the exit. It was going to be a long day until tomorrow. When I arrived the next day, the beach was almost empty. It wasn't a surprise, really. I'd come early. I'd hoped that Chris would be there early as well, but no luck. I shouldn't really have expected any different. Things had obviously been busy for him this last week. It's fine, I told myself. I could wait. With tense anticipation, I could wait. Loki was there early today, and he had company. Another fox had joined us, though he was as different from me as two foxes could get. He had two legs to my fore and stark white fur to my ruddy pelt. Loki smiled and waved to me. I don't think the fox noticed me, as he was too busy stuffing his muzzle between Loki's spread legs. I lazed on my side on the table, admiring the view and letting Loki see my appreciation. He shot me a rather lascivious grin, then focused his attention on the slim muzzle slurping between his thighs. My attention wandered, and by the time someone else joined us, Loki and his new fox had finished up. Kiri and Rashala slinked down to their towel. Next was Aaron and Forrest, chatting amiably as they passed the age restriction sign. An hour passed, Maybe two. A sunset came and went. Then Chris arrived. He looked a bit ragged and harried again, maybe even worse than yesterday. He stumped down to where the sand still held some heat from the not-long-gone sun and spread-eagled on his back. I approached, my concern for him peaking, but before I could voice my worries, his hand caught me. 
I was lifted and deposited squarely on his belly and prompt fingers stroked beneath my throat. You wouldn't believe the day I've had, Foxy. I settled. Whatever it was that was going on, at least I'd get an explanation. Remember I told you about the guy who was leaving? I nodded. He carried on, though I'm pretty sure he couldn't see my nod. He left us a nasty little surprise in the system. Our tech guys had given him permission he shouldn't have, and we found a few things left behind that he should never have been able to install. I drooped my ears. I hope he didn't lose any work. He told me about the numbers that they were running. A single coordinate or analysis of spectrum could take weeks or months. Lost work would be a nightmare. No, no, thankfully. I sorted it out, actually. Because of that, though, they're doing an audit of the internal security. Guess what that means. I blanked and shook my head. The order leaned up on his elbows and a flat palm rubbed over my ears. No access to the system for a week. So, impromptu holiday. No more working nights when I'd rather be spending time with my favorite vulpine friend. My ears colored a little bit, but he either didn't notice or chose to ignore it. So that's why you left, I started. And why I've been away in general. And, well... He trailed off, and this time I could see some embarrassment in his demeanor. Why you've been stressed... I ventured. That's a good word for it. I sighed and relaxed, curling up where he deposited me. Fingers ran over my muzzle, friendly and familiar, but innocent and chaste, just like every night, as if last night had never happened. I longed to ask, longed to beg and plead and cajole until he acquiesced, but I knew that wasn't him. There'd always be playmates here on the beach. There was no reason to strain our friendship. No reason at all. So, why do you hang around here if you don't want to join in? Last night I'd left questions, even if I'd blocked the physical contact out of my mind, just to save myself the tension and anticipation. I don't have to join in to enjoy it, Foxy. Fingers scratched over the back of my head, and I perked my ears to listen. Anyway, I'm a bit attached to it. Mm, I guess, I agreed tentatively. But didn't you tell me yourself that this isn't a beach for passive observers? Ugh, turning my own words against me? He mock-scowled and dug blunt claws into my pelt over my back. They dragged down against my spine, drawing a deep hiss from me as they scratched. I do join in. I'm social, and you spend at least half your time here on my lap. I turned my head to the side and narrowed one eye up at him. That's not what I meant. I know, but it's how I choose to view it. I considered for a moment. Okay, I can accept that. You know I'd never complain about your company. That's not what I was getting at, though. Why do you choose to spend your time here when everyone else is... I spent a few moments to choose my words carefully. Is preoccupied with the activity you specifically don't choose to partake in. I smiled, happy with my own diplomatic tact. Because I enjoy it. My mind blanked for a moment. Wait, what? I enjoy it. I enjoy seeing people having fun. Everyone around us here is completely uninhibited. They're looking for pleasure in any body they can find it, and everyone else is perfectly happy to provide. It's not just the sex, it's... I don't know. It's the sense of contentment that comes with passion and fulfillment, and you can see it on everyone's face here. They're practically radiating it. I let that mull as I watched the other beachgoers as they settled in for the night in each other's company. It was casual and free and public, which was what drew me. The beach was a contented place. You know, I don't think about it that often, but you're right. I guess that's enough for you? Hmm, most of the time. He gave me that wide smirk again, and his hands wrapped around my sides, fingers stroking down my flanks in one long drag. If you weren't here, Foxy, it'd be enough. 
<laughs> I mocked a sentimentality. It's been enough before now, anyway. Nothing special about this, Fox Chris. You were just stressed. No, I mean it. I looked up at him. He usually wasn't this serious or open about himself. I've thought about it before. The fingers dragged down my sides again, and the fingers curled around my ribs and tickled down my chest and belly again. I suppressed a shiver. He was far too good at that, and it was distracting. I just never acted on it till last night. Why not? You know, after all this time, I'd never turn you down. I hesitated at oversharing. Don't embarrass him, I told myself. Don't ruin it. I closed my eyes and settled for the obvious. You know what you do to me. I'm not very good at hiding it. Me? He squeezed lightly around my chest. I always thought you were just always horny around here. Well, not always. I closed my eyes and tried to focus. The sensation of the digits running through my fur was putting me off balance, filling my mind with a pleasurable buzz that shattered my sense of inhibition more thoroughly than any drug could. Sometimes it's just you. Just me, Foxy? Really? Just you, I confirmed. I bit my tongue, but those fingers dragged down my chest again, and I couldn't help but push up a little to give them room as they dug against my belly. Just... I was going to say it now, wasn't I? I couldn't stop myself. Just imagining how it would feel if your fingers went just a little bit lower. You mean like here? His tone was teasing. Teasing, damn him. Fingers dipped just an inch lower. One tapped lightly at my sheath. A shock ran up my spine and terminated in my ears, leaving just a dull ringing. I knew my fur had stood up on end, puffing me up to almost twice my size. Oh, Foxy. He drifted off a little as the fingers dragged through my fur, grooming it back down as I tried to settle. Foxy, I've never seen you so sensitive. Sorry, sorry, I apologized between tight little huffs of breath. I sat my hind end flat to the otter's belly, but it didn't help. That little touch had set me off, and I could feel his slick fur rubbing against my bare flesh. I bit at my tongue and folded my ears back. It'd go away in a minute if I didn't pay attention to it. No. Chris flatly refused, and those fingers dragged down my sides again. I closed my eyes. This wasn't helping. I should tell him to stop, that it was just too far this time, but I couldn't force the words between my lips. No, I should be sorry. I looked back at him. Rational thought wouldn't be my strong suit at the moment, so I kept my response short. It's fine. It's not fine. Both of Chris's hands curled as he picked me up again. He leaned back, and his sizable rudder tail swung into view. I flipped between his legs where he lay, half as thick as the rest of his body. He set me down again, this time laying me over his tail, with my own brush wagging against his belly and crotch. I gulped. Fur pushed against bare skin again. I was still peeking out. Chris, you shouldn't... His fingers pushed and tugged my rump, moving me side to side. If you're not careful, you're going to... He stopped momentarily, as he pushed himself up to his elbows in the sand. One hand shot down and wrapped around my muzzle. Shh, Foxy. If you're too loud, everyone will see. One of the gears in my mind slipped a cog. Was he really talking about... The remaining hand pushed in my rump again, and I felt my tip catch as it slid over the base of his tail, just where his legs were spread to either side and his tail met his body. I gulped, recognizing the feel of bare skin on skin. The pucker at the base of his tail slid slickly against my tip as he made sure he'd maneuvered me to the right spot. Warmth spread from the otter as he pushed me down against the base of his tail. He slowly loosened the fingers around my muzzle, and I flicked out my tongue. It slipped between his fingers and dragged up the webbing between them. I gulped. Chris, I... Shh, Foxy. 
he repeated, and this time I obeyed. Instead, I hugged myself to his thick tail. His fingers slid beneath my tail, and with a half-concealed gasp from me, they touched and prodded at the places the otter had always avoided. He slid a fingertip across one stretch of fur, and I shuddered. He rolled my balls around on his palm, and I wet the area under his tail with slippery pre. Then one of the otter's short fingers pushed under and in, and I throbbed. There was a single moment of resistance, followed by a moment of smooth friction. I wiggled in disbelief, but it was real. I felt silky walls clutch around my length, rolling and slipping with each minuscule movement of the otter's hips. I heard him gasp, the first of his own that I'd caught. His thighs clenched either side of my body, and I felt that silky hole squeeze around me in a languid wave. Oh, Foxy, he whispered. If my ears hadn't been named back toward him, listening for every stutter of breath, every hitch in his throat and every concealed gasp, I would have missed it. The finger prodding at my own tail end slid free as the hand patted over my rump. One finger slid beneath my rump, tapping at my sheath as he felt around the edges. His smooth finger pads prodded at the sides of my shaft, where it sank into his clenching tail end. I smiled and turned my head to the side so I could watch. I pushed up very slightly, and just the barest glimpse of my pink shaft shone out from between where my creamy white belly fur met his toffee brown. His fingers curled and squeezed, feeling of where our bodies met as if he didn't believe it himself. In a moment of clarity, I dropped my hips again and glanced around. The rest of the beach seemed occupied with themselves, chatting or cuddling, or heavy petting on beach towels and picnic tables, spread across the small plot of sand. None of them were watching. I curled my tail down, hiding the otter's hand as it ducked beneath my thighs. Even though it was a public beach in every sense of the word, Chris wasn't a public otter. I'd help him break the rules, just this once. So it was to my shock when he curled his hands under my sides again and lifted me. He gathered my paws under his forearms and supported my weight. My front came up first, letting his tail flop back down to the sandy breach. Then my hind end lifted up, just a few inches at a time. Slick walls tugged at my flesh, inch by inch, until just the very tip of my length still spread the otter's tight pucker. With my body cradled up off the ground, just my length dangled down between his steady arms, caught in his grasping tail hole. I looked around, almost guilty in my embarrassment. We'd been noticed. Aaron was watching, definitely. He was always the first to see when there was something happening. Then Mafala and the girls looked up from where they lay in a pile of feline fur down by the water. Then Loki and his fox looked, then Forrest too, sneaking his eyes open as he faked sleeping on the hot sand. Conversations fell silent. It wasn't just sex, that happened often enough on the beach. It was Chris. Friendly, caring, smart and innocent Chris, with legs spread wide and the fox held in a passionate embrace. I met their eyes and time seemed to stop. Some of them would be amused, some of them would be turned on. I could see their interest. Some few might even be jealous, but each and every one was watching. I had my audience now. Every eye was on us. Then time began again, and the hands holding me up slid me down. Tight flesh raced up my length, squeezing and gripping with oily slicked muscles. I shivered and moaned, and Chris matched my voice moan for moan, the evil otter. I could almost imagine he'd planned this. As a final step of his constant teasing, the ultimate play for his all-too-hot mannerisms, he'd thrown me into my scene, playing every bit of my kink and interest for all it was worth. Outwardly, I blushed under the gaze of the beach's collected population. Inwardly, I gloried in every second of it. 
It was just as much a mind game as it was an exercise of the bodies. That's fine, Mr. Otter, I thought, almost loud enough for him to hear. If you're going to play this for all it's worth, then so am I. When my feet touched down again, I wriggled out of his grip. He giggled as I hugged myself tight to his tail, grinding my hips hard against the oh-so-smooth tail slit. Then, with my forepaws pinning the muscular tail's tapered end, I stood my hind legs on his thighs and lifted my hips. His insides tugged at me as I pulled back out, and a soft squelching noise echoed across the beach as if all other noises had been extinguished. I watched our audience, and with their enraptured eyes on me, I wriggled my raised hips about. One by one, I lifted my hind legs so they could see the slick foxcock, throbbing and hard as it caught in Chris's tight tail end. I pushed my hind legs back into the sides as far as I could, clearing room for everyone to see. Then, for their enjoyment just as much as my own, I slowly lowered my hips. That tight pucker rode up my shaft, almost frictionless on its inward slide. Just as I reached the bottom, Chris gave a breathless huff, and his hips bucked upwards to meet mine. I heard a murmur out in the surrounding crowd and glanced up. It was Forrest. He wasn't just respectfully watching from the side now. He was propped up on an elbow in the sand. His eyes drank in every motion of my russet fur on Chris's tan, and as he gazed, his hand moved over his crotch. The buck was hard, and his fingers were playing up and down his own shaft. I'd had him before. He was just as long as he looked. And slim, so slim that it wasn't much effort to take him all. I looked him in the eyes and smiled. He half-lidded his eyes and gazed at me. I lifted the hind leg closest to him, giving him uninterrupted view of my full range of equipment as I thrust. He responded with another murmured groan, and his fingers shone with liquid as he stroked. Now, now, Foxy, show off if you want, but save that enthusiasm for me, Chris muttered behind me, and I glanced back guiltily. He was smiling, wide and teasing. He was enjoying this. He'd spent years of time in private here on the beach, staying out of the limelight as I danced out to bask in the public's gaze. I knew that look, though. He was getting off on it now, just as much as I always did. If he was going to share the spotlight, then I wanted to see him. I wanted to see him gasping and squirming, just like he had me doing now. I had the sudden urge to see his short tapered shaft, the one I'd been so careful not to call attention to every night before. I curled my tail to the side as I thrust again, and with my head to the side, I caught just a hint of pink. I smiled, proof that he was enjoying this as much as I was. I curled my tail, brushing against it. Come on, Chris, let's see some of your own enthusiasm here then, I whispered at him. I knew everyone could hear me anyway, but that didn't bother me. The inside of his ears colored a bit, but he made a grab for his crotch almost without thinking. I knew what he was feeling, the giddy drunk haziness of making a spectacle. All of the eyes on us battered down the rest of his inhibitions and his hand moved shamelessly over his shaft. Here, Foxy, let me borrow this for a moment. He tugged at my tail. I felt it curl once, then twice, as he wrapped it around his shaft. I tried to wag and the brush twitched in his paws. Just a hint of pink peeked from above the dark, ruddy fur of my tail. Chris let out a loud gasp and a thin spurt of liquid wet down my tail fur, sticking it together in thin spikes. With him content to stroke and rub against my brush, I began the rolling of my hips again. His slit rolled across my length from tip to knobs. He let out a chirp, short, sharp and piercing. I let out a huff low, rolling and building into a growl. His thick tail rose to meet me, slapping up against my underside. I rolled again, and he matched my thrust. Again, then once more, once every other couple seconds, then once a second, until I could hear the juicy slurp of flesh on flesh as my length sank into him. Slowly, the edges of my sight creeped in. 
I knew he was close. I could feel him twitching against my tail as his hands tugged at it. I wasn't going to wait or hold back. As his slick pucker slid up my engorged knot, I hugged myself to his tail and tugged. He yelped, but I kept my grip. His tail writhed beneath me. Then he gave another hard hump against me. He even reached one hand down, pushing down at my hips as I strained. I felt a tight grip slide up over my knot, then clamped down around the base of my cock. Stars shot across my vision, and a soft thrumming hum built in my ears. Without my conscious control, my body bent and clenched. A long shudder ran from my ears down my spine, then raced down to my tail and burst. I heard him chirping behind me, a constant stream of happy otter noises. A second later, I felt a throb travel down my length, and the slick feeling of the otter's insides changed as I coated them with slippery cum. I shuddered again. I couldn't breathe with the intensity of my peak. Every few seconds a hot rush sped from my chest down to my crotch. It felt like a peak I should somehow record, an orgasm that should somehow be safe for posterity. I know I'd be remembering it, thinking about it when I was alone, trying to relive every sensation and feeling. Chris squeezed around me slickly, the otter's silky insides twitching and squirming every few seconds. Then, as quickly as it struck, the peak passed, leaving warm lethargy. I let out a low growl, as long as the outward breath that fed it. I felt the tie pull up and back, and let my hips be pulled along with it. I lazed on the sand, eyes half-lidded. Chris let out another chirp, this time sounding like it was just over my back. A wet spatter of liquid caught the back of my ear, then landed across my back. A second one quickly followed, as strong and wet as the first, and then a third. The otter chirped out his excitement as he sprayed my back before collapsing back into the warm sand. Now, with the days of anticipation and frustration spent, I took the opportunity to really watch the people that surrounded us. They picked up where we'd left off, some coupling on the benches, some enjoying themselves alone in the sand, or in threes or more. Chris and I had started the night off properly, but after my peak my only interest was crawling back into the otter's lap and enjoying the view. So that's what I did. Twisting around so my trapped length wouldn't pull, I sat across Chris's thighs. Slowly, still sweaty and slightly sticky, he levered himself up. Fingers stroked innocently across my shoulder blades, ignoring the streaks of otter spunk that spiked my fur. We watched as our friends enjoyed themselves and each other in every way imaginable and then some. We basked in the glow of their happiness. Ten minutes later, I softened enough to slip free and did so without comment. Chris moved just enough to swing his tail back, then sat properly beneath me. Five minutes after that, I felt something throb against my flank. Chris was hard again. I considered acting on it, but decided against it. I knew I could, and he wouldn't complain, but just that knowledge was enough for me tonight. Instead, I ignored it, just like I had for countless nights before. We sat together as people finished, some with a growl, some with a roar, and some silently so they didn't attract attention. We watched as they fell back in with their cliques and friends. So what happens tomorrow, Chris? I ventured. Well, I'll be here, won't you? He asked with a half-smile. Of course. Then why do you need to ask? I hesitated. So should I act like we never... Don't act, Foxy. Just be. If we do that again, then we do it again. If we don't, then we don't. His smile never faltered. Then nothing changed, really? Do you want it to? I gazed out over the ocean. The sun was rising with the beautiful accuracy of the composite of a thousand observed sunrises. No, I guess not. This was On the Bright Beach, 
written by Candrel, read for you by Alex Vance. Thank you for listening. I hope you enjoyed the story. Toonces and I will be discussing it in next week's episode of the Bad Dog Book Club. If you're interested in having one of your stories read or in being a guest reader for us, please drop on by at www.baddogbooks.com slash book club and let us know. We'd love to have you read and we'd love to read what you've written. See you next week.